number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Happy Redemption Thursday. So far lacking redemption. I haven't thrown out the games because I can't get a handle on anything now. We'll do something at the end. But I was thinking, as many of you have been today, about something else. And that guy next to me right there across the glass, we were together all those years ago. That's George Harrison saying. Um for a national championship game that did not begin well. Did not begin well. At this time, specifically, Tom, I believe, um, I'm trying to think, had we boarded Had we boarded the bus to go over to Pasadena, or were we already there? No, not yet, because that game started at, we got there probably around 6 Eastern. I thought we got there a little bit earlier than that. Maybe 5 Eastern, Maybe five, but still, yeah. it was an hour ride. I think what we did was pre-recorded the last hour of that day's JCS because it was mm-hmm, Monday mm-hmm, in order to be mm-hmm. able to get on the police escort because we weren't going to miss that. So that was really cool for those that I g- will give you the behind the curtain because everybody's celebrating today the anniversary of the uh, national championship win over Auburn 34-31. And uh, golly, you know, you go back and uh, there's a lot of things we can talk about here real quick. I, I wanted to acknowledge the day because it was, it was nearly perfect in a lot of ways. Hello, my friend, hello. You know, for me, uh, and and the reason I say it was nearly perfect in a lot of ways, because we were so bad in the first half of that game, and we've all talked about the reasons, and and on all the things that happened, including Auburn playing well. Uh, But we were so bad in that first half that you, you weren't entirely certain as you started that second half that these things could turn around in a way that uh, would leave you flying from California uh, to Tallahassee, well, not direct, uh, with a smile on your face, permanent smile on your face, even as you slept from celebrating much of the night and day uh, leading up to said plane flight. Who are you talking to? Yeah. Uh, next to a poor Auburn fan who got to see you snoozing away the margaritas and beers that we enjoyed. Again, who are you talking to? <laughs> so... By playing that poorly in the first half and then coming back and winning the game in dramatic fashion, it just makes it that much more indelible, right? Like it's now that you know the result, now that you've weathered the storm and handled it, it is more satisfying in a weird way than had we gone out and won forty-eight to nothing. Although at the time I would have gladly taken forty-eight to nothing. That would have been fun. Rocking chair wins for national championships don't have to happen all that often. Would have been nice. Didn't happen. That said, everything about that experience from staying at a luxurious hotel in Newport Beach, not far from uh, the late, great uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, abode, to, uh, to getting on the media bus with the police escort over to Pasadena. That's a low-key thing about that particular event, too, because typically Rose Bowl attendees stay in Westwood or wherever mm-hmm. in California, right? L.A. proper. But because... That Rose Bowl was so close in proximity and time to the BCS title game a week later, you had to go an hour south, essentially, with traffic to Newport Beach, and that's where we were holed up for the entire week because they they weren't going to move things from Newport all the way up to L.A. It was just a hotel conflict. So we got to stay in a nicer part (laughs) of L.A. proper or or the greater L.A. area because of the fact that we were in the BCS title game and not the Rose Bowl. The next year we were in LA. Yeah, we were in Los Angeles. This is right. Yeah, yeah. And the weather the next year was a travesty. 
it was perfect when we were there for the national championship. The following year where we get boat raced by Oregon, it was freezing and rainy for two of the days that we were out there. I, I can remember walking around L.A. going, now this is not what we do, Los Angeles. And I brought my wife to that one. So I've always told her then she's bad luck. She can't come to any more national championships or playoff games or anything like that. Because that when she didn't come, we won the national championship. When she did, we, we could boat raced. So when I got there, you got there a day before me. I did. And uh, I was flying. I was working for War Chant at the time. Uh-huh. They were the ones that put me up on assignment. So thank you, Gene. Eight years later, that was the assignment of a lifetime. I uh, flew into LAX, which was about an hour north of where we were staying. And there was no shuttle to speak of. I got in late. I connected through Phoenix, which has an unbelievably large terminal, does Phoenix. Yeah. But um, I land. It's in the fog. So it's a completely foggy night. The cab driver, nice enough guy, he wasn't listening to the Eagles. It was 45 minutes or more to get to Newport Beach. So it's a, it's a hefty fare. And I needed to go uh, swipe the card. It wouldn't accept my card. This is a, at a time before I understood the idea of travel notifications on your cards. So I'm getting rejected left and right. We're driving around Newport Beach, and I said, my man, I'm good for it. Look at all this stuff that I have with me. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm going need to you try. To pull over here You're going to need to be patient with me <laughs> if that runs the meter up a little bit more. But another half an hour goes by. I yeah. go into the hotel first to the ATM. The ATM does not accept it. We finally found my bank's ATM. Thankfully, I didn't have, like, you know, Florida State Credit Union or right, something right, like that right. where I was completely screwed. Just out here taking shots at Florida State Credit no, Union. No, I'm kidding. Travel restrictions. So a half an hour goes by finally. And it, there's a phone call that comes to my cell phone, double verification, boom. All right, so it took about two hours when it should have taken one to get settled into the hotel room, but then I'm there. The fog is the important part, because the next day I walk out to the elevators to go down. Breathtaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you look outside. I didn't see any of that. All I saw was what you see at uh, Pebble Beach every other day when you watch the Pro-Am. It was unreal. And then you see mountains, and you're like, oh, my God. And then you go outside, you see palm trees and a beach. Gabriel Mountains, yeah. Holy cow. What a time. Yeah, you'll never top it. I mean, I don't think, I think it's fair to say, uh, no matter what, when Florida State wins its next national championship in football, which will be three years from now, uh, when that happens. Wow. Yeah. That's a declaration. Heady, heady prediction. Yeah. Uh, no, I, when Florida State wins their next national championship and we're covering it and celebrating it and, and all of those things, it will not live up to what we saw at the Rose Bowl because it was only after that Rose Bowl game that we all kind of owed. Those that prattle on about the greatness and the granddaddy of them all, that is the Rose Bowl, uh, for years we made fun of all of the announcers who would not st- – it was just a constant guffaw. You just got so t- – I'm like, guys, it's a bowl game. I mean, it can't be. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is vastly superior to every other bowl game. It's not even close. They're right. We were wrong. That setting is the perfect setting for at the time of day that that thing got, oh my God, it was perfect. It was better than the Rose Bowl, like the next year, because the time of day you got to sit in your seats and settle down, and that's when all the uh, the things happen, like the sunset and and the temperature changes and all that crazy. stuff. That was like your pregame entertainment was just to stare at those mountains. Whereas with the Rose Bowl, it kicks off and it, and the sun's high in the sky, and you don't get to see that part of it until like the third and fourth quarter. But you're too locked in on the football game at that point. That's why that BCS title game was just perfect. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I go back and today. So this is one of the great things about uh, modern technology. 
And double check, I think we may have just got good yeah, news. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, That's always a dangerous thing in the comments. No, I'm just saying double check, double check, double check. But one of the great things about modern technology is while I am annoyed to be tethered at all times to devices in which people can reach out, regardless of your intent to get back to them, they know they've reached out to you, and you know it too. And you can't be free of that. <laughs> Not really. I mean, you can, but who amongst us is just leaving the cell phone in the house for a five-hour drive? It doesn't happen, you know? So bottom line is where I love it is the pop-up reminders of on this day. On this day, 2014. On this day, 20, you know, I do love that. And so it is that those reminders presented themselves, and uh, I was just scrolling through with a fat smile on my face, finding pictures. Buddy, I found the pictures of you and I out there on the boardwalk in Santa Monica. I found, I mean. Well, that was the next year. Yeah, but I've got, yeah. I mean, I've got a ton of pictures. Uh, well, listen, uh, I've got the picture of uh, you and me at that aforementioned hotel. I've got all kinds of things that I forgot we had. That was, yeah, I met Bob Ryan in that particular trip. Well, that was incredible. You were elated. You were over the moon. I think the funniest part about you meeting Bob Ryan is I think you were more excited about that than any player you've ever met in any sport. And, and by the way, that Mm. said, maybe maybe that's stretching it, but that said, one of the reasons is that he turned out to be an awesome dude. Yeah, he took the time. He lived up to your image and, and thought of Bob Ryan. Like, he's always been well thought of as a writer, right. but he turned out to be a great dude. Well, he was the blend of inquisitive. Like, he's asking me questions about how I got there and what I do. But then also gruff, like the TV personality. Like, it was perfect. I was like, okay, so you're you, and yet you're nice enough. I'm never going to take more than five minutes of your time, but you're going to say, you know what? Yeah, you get five minutes. You don't get 60 seconds or 30 seconds. You get five full minutes. Like, thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was really cool. Plus, the setup there at that hotel was wonderful, too, for the media. As media suites go, my goodness. I mean, you had, you got Jackaroot in one corner playing the Hunt a Deer game <laughs> with the vest Jack- on. Jackaroot decided that was his game and his game only forever. And, uh, you know, of course, Jackaroot sat over there with a drink in his hand shooting fictitious deer. And uh, or digital deer, <laughs> digital deer, yeah, yeah. And he was just—I mean, he loved that game, and he took it very seriously. That's a lasting memory for everybody at home. Jack Aroot playing uh, deer hunter or whatever the hell the name is. Yeah. And then there was uh, Dari and Bilotti. They were watching the Orange Mike Bowl. Mike Bilotti and Dari Noka. They weren't as thrilled to be in the Correct. suite with everybody. They didn't else. feel good about. Well, Bilotti was fine, but he was drinking rosé. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was drinking rosé. It, it was a chilled glass. You could see it. I was okay. like, what, what, what are we doing, my man? That's a choice. My that, man's over here drinking rosé. That is a choice. Yeah, because they were the ones that were holding it down when they were doing those uh, you know, wall-to-wall coverage events. So that, that little riser in the main ballroom where we had breakout interviews, they would be the MCs for that event. But I, I think they were hoping that there would be an additional executive suite or party suite on a different floor. Just by the general aura you got when they sat down at the island bar with everybody else they don't want to be talked to okay i spoke very briefly to both but i wanted you did yeah very (laughs) briefly but i wanted them to be alone with a rosé and so they could enjoy themselves dari partly i wanted to talk to because he's an ou guy so i just want to talk about the sooners a little bit he 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 was happy when when the conversation shifted to oklahoma then there was the uh the shuffleboard the full-length shuffleboard where graham 
Graham Watson, I believe her name was, from Dr. Saturday, was the most evil shuffleboard player I've ever seen in my life. Like, if there is just a puck-sized opening to swing, like a 45-degree right, right, shot, right. she had it every time. You could not get her off that table. <laughs> People in their games. Yeah. You, you learn a lot about the press. Corey loved that, too. I did, that was the first time I realized that Corey Clark loved shuffleboard. He was all about that. He's like, hey, who wants to play shuffleboard? I'm like, we just got done with the games. Come on, let's go. So we didn't get confirmation on this. No, that's why comments. I, I, don't, I don't go with comments. Well, damn it. Six four two fifty. People are trolling. Maybe like very too, you know? real. Like you know, I mean, uh, come on now, let's go. Now, if he ends up being right five minutes from now, that's great. But I'm not. Well, no, I'm very excited about this. Oh, you just want to ding? No, well, the for bell. the for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to be able to ding for the right reasons. I want. <laughs> we got to get you like different notes so you can <laughs> so you can start playing tunes over there. Final thing about the national championship, we'll move on with the show. But, yes, it's, I, I, do, I refused and I said it on that day, and it's another reason I brought it up today. I remember walking out of that stadium and seeing the relief on your face in particular because I had been fortunate enough. You had to live through the lost decade. I, I, Where we lost in spectacular ways. They weren't all blowouts yeah, like no, now. Constantly, yeah. Like these kids, they wouldn't even know what a close game looks like. I knew what close games looked like, but I knew how to lose, how we lost close games. I had so been many of them. in attendance for Florida State's national championship victories, plural, and I had been there in defeat. I had been able to ride that uh, roller coaster of emotions in the past. I had done it both in defeat and victory. And so, you know, I wanted to win desperately because this was a team that dominated college football in violent manner, and it was something that I thought was fitting for a squad that we knew resoundingly was the best team in college football that year. There was a pro on every step, and you thought to yourself, okay, that that team has to win the national title. And I also remember, because of course we could not have predicted what would happen with Jimbo Fisher down the line, but I remember thinking... You, you you maybe don't come back from this if you lose this game to that team with this team. Like, there are unforgivable things. Like, one of the things that can happen is that you get credit for building the team to the place that they could even be in a game of that magnitude, but you also get blamed in a way that I don't know you ever come back from if you lose to that Auburn team who was lucky to even be there and certainly wasn't your equal man for man. And so you thought... Well, you can't lose this game. And in my mind, it actually crossed my mind while we were losing 21-10 to 10 or whatever it was. It was worse than that briefly. But while that was happening, I remember thinking, man, how am I going to ever trust this son of a bitch again? If we lose this game, when will I ever think that we're going to win a big game yeah. uh, you know, or a, 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 a game of this magnitude again? How can I trust him? Yeah, I remember it being, in, in the second half especially, but you got that damp cold in the air that went through the layers. We didn't, we didn't pack enough layers. <laughs> we were freezing event. our yeah. ass off, yeah. yes. We had our laptops plugged into, because we were in the auxiliary press box, best which was the break be, of a lifetime. Turned out to be the best thing. That was a break of a lifetime. Sitting next to a, an older man who I think was just a stringer for all of these Rose Bowls and Rose Bowl events, and he was talking about the history of it. Uh, and, he, he was awesome. He, he's like, this is the same end zone. If they score here, this is the same end zone that Vince Young ran into. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't put those two things together. Like, of course that happened well, here. Well, you're but... so of the moment. Like, right, everybody's right. so of the moment when those things are happening. And then it's only later that you go back and think about where you were, what else has happened on that field. Yes. Of great, yeah. The number one thing that I wanted to do and I was able to do was walk out onto the field and take a photo of where Kelvin landed in the Auburn paint mm-hmm. for that touchdown. I just wanted, I, I don't know why, but I wanted to see the marks of the tackle. Because that was the moment. Like the Kermit Whitfield moment is is the catharsis of the whole thing. Because Whitfield. 
Yes, you ran it down. Yeah. Literally, you yeah. ran them down. You yeah. finally caught them. And that was huge. I wonder if in this day and age, Auburn probably goes for it on fourth down with the way coaches are, are more brash the way in they, those situations. Yeah, well, I don't think Gus would pucker in that moment. I think he would have gone for it on fourth and goal. They goal. actually now have a better understanding of the, the odds, the percentages. I mean, it's been pounded into their head now. I mean, these things change rapidly, the way we view a sport, a situation, a team, a coach. They're, all, they're constantly evolving. You're right. I mean, nowadays, guys go into seasons well aware that those numbers, it's not a hunch anymore. I mean, this has been computed. We now know. Now, it may not work, but you know what the percentages say, and therefore you are no longer guessing at what is the right thing to do. Well, that's the other side of the emotional swing of the Kermit Whitfield return, is that you, we're sitting there at first and goal, and you're going, oh, man. The Kermit Whitfield return is the most indelible play of the game. It will be for as long as we live. Every Florida State fan was nearly in tears when yeah. that happened. because we had Yes, because we had climbed the mountain. But before that, first and goal, if they score a touchdown, you feel like, oh, it's no. Over. There's just not enough time yeah, left. Yeah, not enough possessions. Right. And then you get the stop. They don't go for it on fourth down. And that third down play, was it looked like it was dangerous in the beginning than it was, and so there's the relief. But before you can catch your breath on the relief of, okay, we're still in this, he's in the end zone. That's the, It's so stunning. You didn't have time to set up for it. The touchdown to KB... You had five good minutes. You had five good minutes to to assess what was about to happen, what and was most, happening. And the most underrated play of the game, which is made by an Auburn defender. Yes, on the halfback screen. Jeez Louise, that play, is, that is how you diagnose, hawk down, and make a tackle in a key situation. That's the crescendo, though. That kind of drive is, is akin to a ninth-inning blown save, right? Like, you've got, if you're Auburn... You've got time to see what's oh, happening. Oh well, to you. baseball's the worst with that. Yeah, it's but the, it's the most hurtful the thing. The Kermit play was like the eleventh inning home run I saw from Aaron Boone. That's yeah, the yeah. first pitch of the inning. Everybody's like, "All right, settle well, in. We're in for a while. Oh, oh my god! It's over. Oh my god! <laughs> and for us, we're you know, are there any flags on the field? There's no flags. Like that oh, is my the goodness. one thing about uh, again reviews in general, and then obviously the way that the way that penalties are called. They, they rob you of the innocence of a moment now in ways they never used to. You you can never, you know, everything has to be reviewed. So everybody sits around kind of, oh, the, did he catch it? You should just be able to celebrate. Like the way, I, there was a time, I know I sound like an old man, there was a time where when you saw a guy catch a ball and land on the ground, the play was over and the hands are up and we're done. Right, we're celebrating yeah. this. Oh, yeah. We don't have to watch 16 different angles to see if it jostled at all. That's a touchdown. The back judge of the umpire, I remember him crawling in one step. Oh, my ball. God. He took his sweet. He's having a look. And I'm like, come on. Mike, because, well, there's nothing to look at. Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't have to do this computation, but the computation in my head is whatever the call on the field is, is what's going to happen. Right, so because please there was no, just yeah, put yeah, your yeah. hands in the sky. And so he looks. But you do. Over the ball. Yeah, he's hovering. Bam. And yeah. It's like, ho, ho, ho. It's going to happen. Yeah, man. Oh, well, even then, though, because you don't allow yourself, when, when something is as big as that, when you care that deeply, uh, you don't even allow yourself to believe it, even in that moment, because there's still the matter of making a tackle on a kickoff. And, you know, Well, where, and then where, also where their magic, happen. their ridiculousness yeah, you're like, of that mm. season. I was okay, though. The moment that they snapped the extra point, because they didn't review it, the moment that they snapped the kick for the extra point was the first moment I was like, it, this is it. This is it. Because that means they can't. There is no There is no booth review on no, the Kelvin catch. No, no, no chance so the to play undo stands. This. It doesn't matter if he makes this or misses this. We're, I mean, it's it, they got two plays. Uh, Tom is funny on this one because we'll always remember it, and I don't know why I did it. Uh, I don't know why I did it, but... I, I felt it as, as strongly as I've ever felt anything. When we got the ball back, 
I mean, I first guessed and told you, and it made yeah. you mad. I said, shut up. I said, <laughs> we're about to win this game. Here we go. Get ready to enjoy this. We're going to win the game. And Tom looked at me like, are you effing kidding me? You just did this. Why would you do that? You know better. Of all people, Jeff, you know better. And I I, I knew it is. Oh, we're going to go score. That's yeah. the- I, I, said, I said, we're going to go score, yeah, Tom. This great. Is this is over. I see my buddy in Atlanta yeah. saying we got this. I see Sims and Fortson yeah, and Ty but Jones team and sucked. Uh, you know what I was about to say. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost turned into the old bellying up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? I, that team. Oh. Was, no, no. I'm telling you. <laughs> well played. Uh, no, I. We had gotten on a roll. Jameis had pulled his head out of his butt, and we. There was not anything, barring a weird fluke play, which almost happened with a tip pass. But right. barring that. Which, you know what? We we might have had a quiet ride home on oh, the bus. After you would have blamed me yep. for a tip I, pass. I would have. Yeah. That would have been my coping mechanism yeah. for, the, for the ride home. Yeah. Been, yeah. Well. We had it, didn't we? <laughs> but not only, well, I doubled down. Because not only did I say before the drive ever occurred, we're about to go win the national championship, enjoy this. I wanted you to take time to enjoy it. Because I certainly did. You saw I was calm. I was calmer yeah, than you are. Well, yeah. I just sat there knowing greatness is about to unfold. Because you'd seen it I, all. But I'm sitting there thinking, how cool. I get to do it again. I get to do this again. I remember at the Sugar Bowl when we beat Virginia Tech and the exact moment, even after Virginia Tech and Michael Vick's furious rally put it in peril, there's a play, there's two plays actually, where I go, oh, that's it. That's it. It's over. They, they can't win. We've got it. It's over. And I remember even then, at the time, Todd Van Dyke going, man, what the hell's wrong with me? This game's over, baby. All right, so what was the most nervous you've ever been for a national championship game? Was it the kick by oh, Nebraska? Yes, yes, yes. In 93, because A, we had never won a national championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My poor father, who had been coming to games forever in a day, I, I drive down there with him to Miami. We're there for three days. I see his childhood home that he moved to. I mean, it's an emotional time. There was just a lot built into that. We had been coming to games for years together. Florida State was such a huge favorite in that game. And here this game's playing out in a way that we never thought. I mean, I thought Florida State was going to boat race Nebraska. As it turned out, that Nebraska team was very, very good as they went on to prove throughout the Yeah, it looks like a better win in retrospect, right? Yes, but at the time. And I remember this. Trev Alberts was unblockable. That, That guy right there, no matter what we think of him today, which is not much, but that dude was unreal. Couldn't block him. That guy made every play on the field. Anyhow, so there we are on the cusp of choking away another one. And, and Bobby had the reputation because of both the Miami games. And I'm like, really? Really? So what I didn't realize, I asked you guys on the happy hour this year, you and Corey, because Corey's an FSU historian. Mm-hmm. So I figured it was the perfect group to ask. Did anybody complain in those days about Bowden's clock management and the I decision did to kick? I did every week. With well, I mean, with how much time was left on the clock. Mm-hmm. And Corey, he goes, oh, F yeah. Like right away. I was like, ooh. I, I didn't realize that people were so aware of, of such situations in the 90s. You never know. The rules, yeah, you know, yeah, we didn't look yeah, at things no, we, that we, way. We like the fourth aware. down discussion we, we just had. But, I mean, my God, sir, Hey, this, why? It gets lost in, in this that there was an incredible weakness to Coach Bowden's uh, game, if you will. His, his over, you know, coaches have strengths and weaknesses, all of them. Bill Belichick, doesn't matter. This isn't like uh, a, a nasty shot to take. But that sideline was never, under Bobby Bowden, the most organized place. And if you go back and watch all the old films, you'll see that I'm right, and former players will tell you that. That wasn't a strength of his game. Clock management wasn't either. 
And um, yes, yes, it was first guest back then, too. It was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Seth. Looked like there was a lane on that last play by Auburn. Thankfully, LaMarcus got over there and ended that quick. He did that a lot. He did that a lot. Also, there's a lot of football field to cover. It was okay. Like for watching it where we were, we had a good angle for that. About the best you can have, um, short of having the, the end zone copy. But that corner, you could see out over the field the whole way. Mm-hmm. Like where Trey Mason did his uh, Heisman pose yeah, was on the done. exact opposite corner of the field. So we're looking at it the whole way. That's where the direction of the pass is. Nah, we had like four or five dudes there. LaMarcus was on the television screen, but we had it. It was okay. Now, my heart still dropped as the lateral was being thrown across the field because you're wondering what, what's going on here. But then about a half second later as we see where the ball is going, LaMarcus does cut it off, but there's, there are reinforcements on the way that are unblocked and will not be blocked. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Fun to take a trip down memory lane on an anniversary. The but, one regret? Regret? What was it? Elmer Fudd? Regret? Is, uh... I didn't take some of the confetti off the field. That would have been a nice little keepsake to put in. Did you in take the, the sign, the Auburn signs that were stomped on? No, you just took the picture. I took a photo of I it. Took a of photo how close? Of it too. Yeah, because I just thought how close this is to being in somebody's mantle forever. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's just instead stomped on by thousands stomped of people. Stomped on by Florida State yeah, fans like well after the fact. How fickle these things are. We, we had the incredible good fortune of going into the locker room after the game to witness the celebration, interview the players, and watch the coaches. We had the incredible good fortune. I'll never take this for granted. Walking down onto the field before the presentation, the crystal ball, and all that goodness, uh, uh, and, and talking. Um, you know, I, I, Lawrence Dossie's seeing his face and, and, and watching that come to fruition and, and him watching the celebration from a distance and then turning smiling at us because we had played golf with him before that season began and had a discussion about Jameis Winston. All of it was there. It was just so, you're just never going to beat it. Never going to beat it. And let's hope there's an opportunity to compare, though. Let's hope there's a time. I mean, I can compare to the every national championship game we've played in. I want to compare another one. I would like to do that. I'd like to compare another win and just go, well, this is where the fourth one ranks on my all-time list. Well, you got to talk to a bunch of people in the, in the locker room that you either yeah. used or didn't use, but yeah. I think Meat was one of them, right? Yeah, I talked to, talk to Meat. Yeah, I yeah. talked to Chris Thompson, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to talk to Meat. Charles Kelly, who was a stand-up man and said, I didn't make the call on the kick return. The it kick was Jay Graham. Oh, on the fake punt. No, on the kickoff return. Oh, okay. Which okay. there's symmetry to that. Yes. Because somebody might have taken credit for the punt. It may have been able to turn over the, yeah. the credit. Yeah. Charles was a stand-up man in, in that regard. You had a good interview with KB, I think, too? I had Madigan. a great interview with him, yes. Yep. Um, it was an awkward situation. <laughs> Very awkward situation. Uh, locker rooms can be. That was a tough yeah, That's never cool. I mean, like, we need to outlaw that. Yeah, man. Not what we do. I just remember kind of looking at the ceiling as I asked questions. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. uh, so, on that last play, I keep the eyes up here. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Kimberson 93.3. No update just yet. I keep I keep looking at Tom. That's the story of my life. Uh, well, he's you know producer. You you look to your producer for a lot of things. Are we going to get this answer? And I'm not talking about Jordan Eubanks, who decided to enter the portal. I knew that last night. Um, He didn't see the field this past year, so he said, I'm out. That's the way of the world these days. You you don't get in your freshman year. I'm tired of this. Leaving. Okay. No, we need the spot. Have a good one. Uh, So it is that he's left. uh, Three-star linebacker. Gone. But that's not what we're worried about. Um, I'm still waiting. And by the way, do you do what I do? Like when you, when we add a player through the portal, uh, do you just go to that list of uh, 2022 football commitment uh, list on Warchant and go put that name in right here? I'm gonna put his name in right here, just below Antavius Woody. I'm gonna put his name right here. <laughs> And I say it in that voice. Yeah, that's I like that voice. Yeah. You need to capture that. I do it every time. Commit it to memory. When we bring in a guy through the transfer portal, I go, oh, look here. I'm going to put you, what you know about Bless Harris, between Kadai Charlton and Bishop Thomas. You're going to go, you fit nicely right here. That's, where, kinda, you, that's kinda, where you go. There you go. You're that's, gaining it yeah, back. That's where you go. You go right there. Good job. And then that's almost like my old man voice that is sure to come back in a month or so. Hello, Cardinals. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. So when we get this defensive in, I'll go, well, where do you fit? Oh, you look like you'd fit nicely between Daniel Lyons and Jarrell Powers. Jarrell Powers. Here you go. We do have some breaking transfer portal news. That would be Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada is going to Auburn. There you go. There's some breaking news for you. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M is... um, By the way, Jimbo Fisher is going to be, along with his entire staff, the uh, national championship game analysts in the the room there. He'll be good at that. Oh, he's great at it. He did it once before, years and years ago. On the fly, with those two people as the uh, head coaches and schemers, he knows everything about what they're doing offensively and defensively. He'll be fantastic. Uh, I've said for many years that he's got a career in broadcasting if he could slow the hell down and finish a sentence and eliminate non-sequiturs. If you can do that, and that's a big if, you've got a real chance at uh, being a very, very good analyst. And, I mean... We've always said he knows more about the game, the history of it, formationally and otherwise, than anybody I've ever come across. So there are times some of those verbal fillers, you know, he just got so exhausted. But and it and the time, and he had, and he exhale, you go, oh, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> Dallas, what the hell was I saying? That's what the reboot is, and his computer goes that fast. Mm. That's about and what I said to him. Yeah. Like, okay, he's got it. Reboot. <laughs> oh my lord. My friends at ISF have partnered with the Jeff Cameron Show. We're thankful for it. And this is the time in which we solve for the future. ISF, if you don't know, they help state governments solve the future through strategy, process, and technology. They don't just do that in Tallahassee, where they're housed, where they're located. Do it across the nation. Uh, They believe uh, that the order of those three components are very much keys to your success. Your strategy sets the bar for long-term focus, priorities, Priorities determine the process needed to accomplish. Sound like a coach. They sound like a coach. Determine the process needed to accomplish each step along the way. And on the right processes are defined. You need the technology solutions in place 
in order to support your needs both now and in the future. That's where ISF comes in. They've done it for decades. They've worked with state agencies like yours. You take on projects, challenges across a very, uh, I guess you would say, ever-evolving landscape of technology and business. So uh, let's find out more about ISF if you're out there. Over 80 unique clients served on over 1,500 projects. They've worked in 18 states for local and state agencies serving millions of citizens. If you're in the field, you know what I'm talking about, ISF.com. Solving for the future is the transfer portal. Now, what future we would like to solve for is the good of college football. Good piece, good answer to a question from Andy Staples today in the athletic credit where credit's due. Kind of going through that process of the distinct advantages that the SEC and the Big Ten have over the other Power Five conferences, but also alluding to the fact that at some point, like the NFL, those conferences might decide, meaning the Power Five, to group together their product and uh, sell it, parse it out to networks all over the place for a larger, tidy profit, if you will, uh, than they're already making. If that were to be the case, and we better hope it is, then everybody would benefit greatly, and it's probably the reason that it won't happen, because that distinct advantage would go away to a large extent, because all of us would be eating from the same money trough equally, like they do in the NFL where there is a hard cap and the money is shared through television and all of that. Then everybody would be allowed to play the game. Now, some might have a greater advantage even still, say like Notre Dame or Michigan or Ohio State or somebody like that because of the alumni base, the history, the cachet built up, and those that are willing to give just a little bit more, perhaps. But it wouldn't be as distinct of an advantage as it is currently. So, you know, i got to tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. That's why somebody has to make it happen. That would be the so-called czar that I allude to at all times, but that would have to be voted upon, and I don't know that it is in the Big Ten or SEC's best interest to ever have that happen. No, the, the best thing that can happen for Florida State is you get the get-out-of-jail-free card, which is in looking at the votes that were necessary to add Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, mm-hmm. I think it was a two-thirds majority. Mm-hmm. Well, those two would automatically be yeses for Florida State and Clemson being added to the conference because it waters down the East Coast advantage of georgia and the university of florida right Mm -hmm. so you would think you got two yeses there who else is really going to say no outside of florida and georgia to that idea of us being welcomed into the sec i'm talking about five years down the line whenever you can find the south carolina would say no can they stop it though i mean like i'm just saying there's there's some teams that would say no no we're good i think you've got the votes If, if but the problem is you've got to be able to prove in in our contract that there's a way to walk out or there's a way to make the money work and that's where, if you're trying to get out of the ACC, this is the worst time to welcome in a new commissioner whose mandate is to not look stupid. Strengthen the ACC. And not look stupid. But he needs to form a coalition by which they have more sway and power over the Big Ten and SEC. And that is to say that, you know, again, we have to find this czar, <laughs> this guy. that. Well, they're trying to form that alliance. Mm. And it's like, that's not going to work. I don't think that thing's going to work. It, it's not going to parlay Florida State into a bigger TV payday is my point. Right. Well, yeah, I, when you read, when you think about these scenarios that have to happen for the other Power Five conferences to catch up to the SEC and the Big Ten and, and the dominoes that have to fall, it does get depressing because it doesn't feel like that's in the, in the offerings. But it feels like if there were programs that were going to skate 
on this and get away with yeah, yeah being sure. on the wrong side of the ledger right now. And I mean it, the money ledger. Oh, huge. We are on that list. We're on the short list. Yeah, yeah, the cachet is there. We're yes. just waiting for it. Yeah. Waiting for that call. Well, the money has to be so exceedingly large that you say, well, we're going to break our contract and get sued and have to pay out $200 million. But they're going to cover it because the, it's nothing to them. And they see the value and in And they see the value yeah, long-term yeah. in doing so. ISF solving the future. You and your staff work hard. Constituents depend on you. And look, you've got brilliant ideas. You want to improve the process, streamline workflows, introduce new technologies, reduce costly inefficiencies. ISF can help you do all of those thing, find things. Find out more by going to ISF.com. Read about them. Learn about them. Great partners of the Jeff Cameron Show. Speaking of which, back in a moment. Man, when the hell are we going to get the news? Now I'm like one of these guys that lives on the uh, Tribal Council Recruiting Board. And I'm getting pissed. One of these fine patrons. Yeah, no, I'm not, say- I'm not even saying it disparagingly. It's just not normally my cup of tea. But he said something important. Now I'm pissed. That That is shared by at least 80% of people who are hitting F5 well, let's on go. The boards all day. Let's go. What are we doing here, man? I keep going over there. I'm like, Langston. It's like crack. Let's go. Come on, Langston. Oh, next thing you know, you're going to be that guy that replies to uh, Rap Report on Twitter. It's like, announce so and so to my team. I never do that. That is weird. Yeah, see, I, in my silence here while doing a talk show, I just wait. I, I just It's going to be filled by joyous rings of the bell. We're going to be sitting here and you're going to get ding, ding, ding. No, it's going to happen. At least that's my sincere hope. Still no news. Many of you have asked the question as we've been broadcasting here today, and uh, no. Um, so unfortunately, we got Jared to- Verse is who we're talking. About yes, we're talking about and, Jared. And there Verse, was yes. a report in the uh, the comments section that he stop. Don't listen to the comments now. If you see like twenty two commenters in a row say, "Oh my God, it's happened," then then it might be worth looking at. But um, just in the co- a couple of people said, "Yes, we got him." I'm like, "Nope, don't spread that stuff in your office. We'll let you know." Yeah, I know. That came up, and uh, we needed confirmation. We didn't get it, so we're going to hang out and wait in hopes. It's really kind of rendered us all speechless, which is terrible while you're doing a talk show. And it's frustrating, too. But I did want to supply answers because we've been asked several times, and still nothing yet. As well as, for those of you that have asked me, hey, man, where are the games? I need my picks! I haven't made any picks. I have I have failed you on a lot of levels today on a Redemption Thursday because this is the weirdest Redemption Thursday of the year, uh, given that uh, the NFL slate is a hodgepodge of uh, who the hell knows. A lot of people aren't playing. A lot of players. Uh, it feels a lot like a bowl game this weekend. A lot of opt outs, Tom. A lot of no. I'm gonna go home and chill. Gonna gonna take it to the hizzy. Not play this one. Get right. Yeah, I know the Bucks got flexed to the 425 window because of the seeding implications of the LA San Francisco game. And yet they're still going to get the Nance and Romo team on CBS. That's the Bucks where, are? Yeah. That's For the where, game against Carolina? Yep. With no implications? Yes, because there's nothing better on Fox at 4 o'clock. Or sorry, on CBS at 4 o'clock. The, the big games are on Fox, the ones with implications. So we're going to be watching the Rams and 49ers game because that has serious um, weight on where we're going to be two through four in the NFC standings. But they want to put all those games in the same time window so as not to give another team an advantage or a disadvantage. 
They don't want like let's just say we got the answer we were looking for. You needed somebody to lose in the one o'clock window, and we got it. They don't want the Bucks sitting all their starters because it creates a domino effect of integrity of the game. Right, right, right. By the way, uh, one final uh, we could put a ribbon on this because uh, there's a follow up to it. Remember last week when the Bucks actually won the football game and it got lost in the shuffle because of jumping jacks? Well, after that game, you may recall. The Jets head coach, who is a really good head coach, I do believe, uh, came out and said, uh, yeah, that's on my OC. Like He rolled his ass in the press conference, said that it was a miscommunication from Michael Floor, the OC with the Jets. He, he, uh, you rarely see this. Not from leadership. You don't see a head coach go in and specifically call out his coordinator for screwing something up. Usually the coach takes blame. And I thought that was a little shaky, but here you go. Mike LaFleur issued an empathetic mea culpa today saying that he cost the Jets the game. Quote, it's 100% on me, uh, referring to the Zach Wilson ill-fated quarterback sneak from two and a half yards. Yeah, that, that was a healthy two. <laughs> yeah, wasn't a healthy one. Yeah. Quote, I'm disappointed with myself for two reasons. I pride myself on communication and, in our unit, on execution, and I failed in both of those regards. Well, that's a sound, strong apology. Yes, you did. He reiterated what Coach uh, Sully said, um, Sala Sala said, um, that the plan on fourth and two from the Bucks' seven-yard line was to give the ball to Braxton Berrios, who, by the way, screw that guy eternally. He killed us when he was with the Canes that day, and he was killing us in this game, too. How he's not a Patriot yet, I don't understand. He's good, man. He could be one of us next year if Brady (laughs) sticks around. Let's go. Then I'll celebrate all of his greatness. Anyhow. Every end around under the sun, it felt like a Mickey Mouse game of Little League football. All we're going to do is, here's all the eye candy. Oh, look at that, another reverse that we fell for. Here's a reverse pass off of it. And look at this, a reverse the other way. I'm like, Jesus, guys. Can we have a little integrity on the edge? You know what, though? If we have to play the Eagles in the wild card round, that was good. That was good. You get to see all these weird things. You get to see what teams have to do when they can't play football. Yes, very frustrating. Anyhow, uh, I digress. The communication got botched. Wilson was given the option to run a sneak in the A-gap. <laughs> Which is my favorite part Which of it. pinched down. Oh, I was like, what are we like, Ridiculous. crazy. Quote, the total intent was to get Braxton the ball. He was balling. I failed to get that relayed. Our quarterback didn't exact, did exactly what he was supposed to do in the moment. Man, this is where having a veteran quarterback really would have helped you. Because any veteran quarterback would have gotten that call and said, whoa, 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 you want me to sneak it from two-plus yards out in the A-gap against the Bucks? Like, I'm very aware of the personnel on the interior. That ain't a thing. I'm not going to do that. Like, do you think Tom Brady would get that call? Well, maybe, because he's the king of the quarterback sneak. But, I mean, seriously. Not from two. Not from two, He though. would know. Well, I, it's any veteran, any decent veteran that had any pull would be like, that's that's. Byron, the, there's no top of two. Yeah, I'm not doing a top of two. No, I'm not doing it. There's a top of one. Yeah. No, there's no chance. So it failed, thankfully, and 93 yards later, the Bucks moved on with yet another victory and yet another amazing. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP, C- Cyril Grayson. You heard it here. Like that guy a lot. Every time he talks, I think, man, good for you. Good for you. We got a break, don't we? Are we saying goodbye? We got wagers right in the middle. All right, let's go. I'll pull it up. Let's go. Let's make it. I sounded like Jimbo right there.
Hey, Big Daddy, having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing, it's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net, he scores. Hot damn, Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Segment, as always, brought to you by... North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. All right. I'm going to go early line, player prop, jump on it today. Taysom Hill over 50 yards rushing. Woo, all right. I like like that. That's my bet. Atlanta will give that up. I'll take a Lightning minus 180 money line. It's expensive, but I think wow. they're back to their winning ways. It looks like 86 is either back tonight for the Lightning or very, very soon. Kucherov makes right. his return. All right, that's you telling me we have 10 seconds. Sticking with my bet. Taysom Hill over 50 yards rushing. Good job. Be well, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.